Welcome to another vital message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Tonight, I'm going to encourage you to follow along in the word tonight. It's a very important foundation I'm going to lay tonight for our upcoming year. This year, we believe that God is going to be reconnecting us with individuals, reconnecting us with our faith, our family, our future, you know, with, with, with uh, all the things that, that he has you know, written in his word that he would like to see unfolding in the earth. We believe that, that, that God, I, I'm, I'm firmly convinced that God is, is going to lead us on an adventure of, of joining you know, and, and, and revisiting our first love. You remember Sunday, those of you who were here or those of you who were watching on Sunday, uh, uh, I, 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 I told you that I had not heard this anywhere, hadn't read it anywhere, you know, uh, uh, but this was something that God was saying. And if you didn't start hearing it, if it wasn't, you know, if, 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 if other people weren't, you know, confirming this and other preachers weren't preaching it, then, 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 you know, just go ahead and chalk me up as, you know, having some, you know, problem. But, uh, but if you did realize that God is doing this, well, you know, Monday, Monday morning, I was talking to a pastor in Pascagoula, Mississippi, uh, Pastor Roger Bradley. You know him. He's come and preached for us a few times. He said, listen, let me tell you something. He said, you know, I, I, I got to tell you something, Pastor. I, 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 you know, sometimes I get my messages, you know, from, from, uh, from you know, reading through the Bible. Sometimes I'm inspired even by song. Sometimes even by something on TV. Uh, or, or, or he said, and, and at times I hear somebody else preach a sermon and I just steal it because it hits me and I know that it's something that, that, that I need to share. He said, but just yesterday, I want you to know that I had this rare experience that God spoke to me. He said, and God just downloaded something on the inside of me. And let me tell you what I told the congregation. And then he began to repeat my sermon that I preached on Sunday. I said when he was finished, well, let me tell you something. I just told the congregation, and we we're going to start hearing it, other people, because God is just saying something. He's revisiting his people with their first love. He's revisiting us with power. He's going to be doing something. He's strengthening us. He's, he's reconnecting us. He's doing something by his own design and his own desire because he's about to do some things openly. And what he needs is for people to get back in into the swing of things and, 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 and get back to their first love. He said, those, you know, the scriptures you shared, those are the the very scriptures I used yesterday. He just got so excited. I thought this old old boy from Mississippi is going to start speaking in tongues on the telephone. And uh, <laughs> in fact, he may have. And um, it just, you know, just again, confirmation. I've, I've gotten probably uh, six or seven good major confirmations since Sunday that the Lord is doing something. And so uh, we're going to be laying a foundation tonight uh, for what God is doing, and we're going to be going uh, eventually to the, the Gospel of Luke. Um, and tonight's word is entitled, It is Written. It is Written. Uh, you know, uh, it is both a solid and a common practice to quote Bible verses. Uh, many of you know that. We use Bible verses for direction in life. 
We use Bible verses to defend us against our enemies. We use Bible verses to determine the truth of a matter. Uh, uh, you know, uh, th th this is what we do. This is what Jesus did. And Jesus did it often. He did this very thing. The problem arises, however, whenever uh, this practice of choosing or finding or, or using a Bible verse the problem comes whenever a person who is just pulling one of these Bible verses from the Word of God, whenever they use it trying to manipulate a situation or whenever they use it uh, for their own benefit or to justify sin or to uh, manipulate something for personal gain, that's a problem. And that happens from time to time. And that has given this, you know, uh, because the Bible said or because it is written or because some, that, that's kind of given it a bad name, finding that people will pull out a Bible verse to justify something that they want or to use it as, as, a, as a, a, you know, a, a whipping post or a lever trying to move you, to manipulate you to do something, you know, whenever, uh, whenever they have something to gain. And, and that, that, that's a bad practice. Uh, scriptures must be interpreted in light of the whole Word of God. So, you know, no Scripture is of any private interpretation. And every Scripture must be in agreement with the one story that God is telling. And these Scriptures should redound to the benefit of the will of God and not just to our own benefit. You know, the Word of God is only the Word of God when it is the Word of God. It, you know, it, the Word of God is only the Word of God whenever it's backed up by God. You know, and, and, and when you don't have God backing up your words then you're kind of powerless no matter uh, what words you're saying. Even if you're repeating, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, 56 times, you know, uh, it, it, it doesn't matter how many times you're repeating it uh, if it's not backed up by God. You know, uh, and so, you know, Bible verses have no power. They have no authority when they're used by someone who is only attempting to justify their actions, cover their sins, or manipulate others. Okay. The phrase, it is written, is used more than 80 times in the Bible. Uh, on top of the ones where it, where the, that it is said, or it hath been said. You know, there, there are a lot of other variations. Just that phrase, it is written, uh, 80 times. Uh, uh, and, 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 and it's there in the Bible to prove a point. And we're going to look at how Jesus used this phrase. It is written. We're going to look at how Jesus used the word, the written word of God in his own defense against the devil so that it would help to solidify the direction of his life. Because I believe that this is in the word of God for multiple reasons, but definitely for uh, an example and a pattern of what we also should do in our lives uh, so that we can uh, be more armed, as it were. I believe the Word of God is, 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 you know, is, is a sword and a lamp and a light and all the things that, that we read about it. And uh, how to use it, however, is, is, is you know, how we should use it should be clearly seen in the life of Jesus. And so let's look at Luke chapter 4 for a moment and see how Jesus used the written word of God as his defense against the devil during uh, the, the, the times of temptation in his life. You know, the Bible says Jesus was tempted. Do you know that? 
It says it was tempted in all manner just like we are. He just didn't go for the temptation. Well, in Luke chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing. And afterwards... When they had ended, he was hungry, and the devil said to him. Now, that should be one good indication that the devil speaks to us. The devil talked to Jesus. The devil will talk to you. And the devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, calling into question you know, uh, his, his, his very existence, who he was. And sometimes the devil will do that to us. Call into question, who do you think you are? Who are you trying to be? What, you know, uh, what are you trying to do? Well, uh, if you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. You know, the devil knew that Jesus was hungry. It didn't take much to know Jesus was hungry. He'd been 40 days and 40 nights without anything to eat. I mean, you know, most of the things, you know, the devil's not that smart. Most of the things he knows, he observes. He knows what you do in the daytime. He knows what you do at night. He, uh, I mean, you're, you're, you, you know, he knows you. He knows where you're vulnerable. These are the things that we see here. He knows where to hit us. He knows where we might go for it. He knows where we might be weak. He knows where he might substitute his word or his will or get somehow his voice into your head so that he can become familiar and you can begin to trust it because it's going to benefit you. It's going to feed you. It's going to meet a need. It's going to accomplish a goal. You know, and so here the devil presents himself to Jesus and, and said, you can do this. But Jesus answered the devil saying, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Now that's interesting to me. It should be to each one of us that here Jesus is, is quoting something that has already been written. In fact, what he quotes was written 1500 years earlier. Isn't that amazing that Jesus would pull something out of the Word of God, the old Word of God? We are well aware now. I'm, 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 I'm well aware of, of, of where this came from. It came from Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 3. It's the passage of Scripture that says, So God humbled you, allowed you to hunger, fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you to know that man does not live by bread alone, but, by, uh, but man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God or from the mouth of God. Now, uh, note here. Note this. Please take notice of this. This is solid Bible. I'm not pulling your leg and I'm not manipulating it. I'm teaching you the Word of God. Notice that Jesus did not even use the whole verse. Hello? He just pulled one phrase out of a whole verse. That's because it wasn't written in chapters and verses. <laughs> so evidently, pulling out something that is inspired, and I know Jesus was inspired, you know, he had the Spirit of God, you know, without measure. So I know it's the Holy Spirit of God here that is, that is inspiring Jesus in this moment. It came to light what had been written uh, by Moses' hand to a people in a situation, in a circumstance, in a different time, in a different place, for a different reason. But it is anointed by God. And it comes into his arsenal by the Holy Spirit and he repeats it as a strength 
as, 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 as a defense against temptation and his enemies, as direction for his own life, as confirmation in what God wants him to do. And he only quoted, as I said, a portion of that verse. Why in the world uh, you know, did Jesus quote from the Bible that was written to a specific people at a specific time, in a specific place, for a specific reason? Why did Jesus use this out of context? Hmm. Interesting, huh? Because it became that rhema word from Almighty God's lips and jumped off of that written page because it was written. And it became in his heart a living now word from God for me in this situation it may have been for somebody else in some other situation but it's the word of God for me now in this situation and it defeated that temptation of the devil that verse was illuminated by the Holy Spirit it became the current word of, of, of God to him and it shut the mouth and settled the argument of the devil at that moment 1500 years later isn't that amazing? Now that's, well, you know, the original intent of Deuteronomy 8.3 is clearly not aimed at defeating the devil's temptations. It's clearly not, you know, I mean, it's a principle from that verse that, that, that you know, that uh, anyway, it's, it's just amazing to me. This perhaps is, is, is one of the most powerful teachings by example that Jesus left us. How to defeat the devil in your life. How to defeat the voice of temptation in your life. How to make sure that you don't get drawn off track by the enticements of the devil that might seemingly accomplish your goals or meet a need or do something that looks good. You know, uh, here Jesus is defeating the temptation that Eve failed at. It is written. You know, it hath been said. And that's how he stopped the advancement of the devil. Uh, and that's how we can stop the advancing of the devil in our hearts, our minds, our lives during our times of temptation. So, you know, the devil didn't stop there. Uh, of course, seldom does he stop. He, 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 he took Jesus to a high mountain and he showed him kingdoms. You can read uh, verse 5 and 6. And the devil said, you know, I've been given all this authority, you know, in verse 7. You know, I, I, I can give it to whoever I want to if you only worship me. So what does Jesus say in verse 8? And Jesus answered the devil and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written. There he goes again. There he goes again, pulling the word out of somewhere. Where is he pulling the word from? What's he doing? Well, you know, I mean, come on now. It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Where did that come from? Deuteronomy 6.13 and Deuteronomy 10.20. Wow. Okay, so the devil said, okay, that didn't work either. He's covering himself with those words. I'm surprised the devil didn't say, hey, that wasn't, hey, that's not for today. Hello? I'm surprised the devil didn't say, oh, that won't work. That was, you know, that, 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 that's the word of God for somebody else, somewhere else at some other time. Come on now. So the devil brought Jesus to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, listen, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. And listen to what the devil said in verse 10. Because it's written. The devil said, it's done work for him twice. i got to try this. 
It's done shut me up twice. It's done defeated me twice. i got to use this. It is written. Let me tell you, the devil will use some it is written against you. The devil does not mind taking the Word of God out of context and out of purpose and out of intent. But you know, God doesn't back up words from the devil no matter what he says or what verse he quotes. You know, God does not back up everybody that quotes the Word of God. Oh, this is good stuff. Because the devil was doing his best just to manipulate Jesus. And Jesus knew that the devil was trying to get him off, off track. The devil knew that Jesus uh, that, uh, had said it is written twice, so now I'm going to say it is written. Let's see if I can move him. But Jesus understood that the devil had his own agenda, not God's agenda, and it sounded like tin in Jesus' ear instead of gold, and that's the way it should sound to us. And just because it is written or hath been written or hath been said, don't be motivated by things that hath been said if God's not backing it up. And to know if God's backing it up or not, we're going to need a little bit of what Jesus had. And so the devil said, it is written that he will give his angels charge over you to keep you. And, and, and in their hands they'll bear you up, and you know, lest you dash your foot against the stone. And in verse 12, Jesus answered him and said, it hath been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Wow. Notice here that the devil was doing his best to try to defeat Jesus. You know, uh, but don't be deceived by somebody that's only trying to manipulate you with the word of God. Don't be deceived by somebody that's standing up and using the Word of God, you know, about, uh, uh, you know, about anything that it's not ringing true in your ears. It's not ringing like gold in your ears. Somebody that's trying to manip manipulate you for their own purpose, their own gain, you know, uh, uh, you know whether it's a, a, a preacher or whether it's, you know, a, 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 you know, well, I won't say what else I was going to say. Whether it was a preacher or somebody that's got something against you that's trying to use the Word of God to defend their own anger, their upsetness, their, their own, you know, uh, trying to, you know, prove you wrong. You know, listen, if you're wrong, God will tell you you're wrong. Nobody needs to just, you know, take the Word of God and start whipping you in with it. It's, it's, it's just not reasonable. The, the Word of God is a guide. It's, 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 it's not, you know... Just something to be used against people. And, and just don't be deceived by somebody only trying to manipulate you. Um, you know, you will never be asked by God to go against the Word of God to accomplish the will of God. You will never be asked by God to go against the Word of God to accomplish the will of God. And that's what was happening here in, in, in this moment, in this third temptation of Christ. He was being asked, you know, he knew the word of God. Jesus knew he was the word of God. And he knew that the devil was trying to use a word of God that was in conflict and in a way that was in conflict with other words of God because the word of God has to agree with the word of God. And the word of God is only the word of God when it is the word of God. And God will never ask you to go against his word to accomplish his will. And so Jesus automatically knew that that's in conflict with the one story that God is telling. And all of a sudden, whenever the devil said that to him, when the word of God, when, when, when somebody says to you, it is written, and all of a sudden you get six scriptures pop up in your heart and blah 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 pay attention to the holy spirit to say hold on a second you know uh that's once again jesus just took a portion of that verse please don't be a whole verse only person don't let that be your only go-to 
And it doesn't mean that you don't need to remember the things around it, but the things around it may not be as important as what God speaks to you. So don't get caught up in that trap of the devil trying to lead you into some condemnation, some place to where, you know, because Jesus pulled this right out of Deuteronomy 16, 16. And, 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 but he leaves the context of that moment out. Because the context of Deuteronomy 16, 16 was where Moses was telling the people that God was a jealous God and if they provoked God, that God would destroy them from off the face of the earth. Woo, I don't think God was saying that whole thing to Jesus. Now, Jesus, you do I mean, if you, Jesus, you do this, I'm going to destroy you off the face of the earth. I don't think that Jesus had to read the rest of those verses, okay, to, 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 to be able to say, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Does that make any sense? Am I making any sense? It's, 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 it's so evident and plain. It's so simple that you just have to really try hard to miss it. Handling the Word of God lightly is not a suggestion that I would make. In fact, quite the opposite. The Holy Spirit-led believer is often inspired by God to recount and and the Lord says he brings to memories all things that he has spoken to us. Uh, you know, the Holy Spirit inspires us with marvelous illuminations of the will of God for our lives. And many, 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 many times it's going to be from something that was written. It is written. It has been said, well, the Bible says, well, you know, this says. And many times it may only encapsulate the heart of what God wants you to know because he wants you to understand that this word right now has power that you need. And I'm willing to back up this word. And that's what God was saying there through Jesus. example, that I'm willing to back up this word right here. You know, don't tempt me. It, and it defeated that false interpretation of the word. And there's no way in the world that the word, uh, you know, uh, the angels will bear you up, it, it was intended for Jesus to throw himself off of some high point. Um, don't be deceived. Uh, uh, you know, God is not obligated to do what people want. Even if they're quoting something that he said, the Word of God is only the Word of God when it is the Word of God. But when it is the Word of God, it is powerful. It will shut the mouths of the lions. It will cause us to be able to walk through the fire, to walk through the flood. It will cause us to be able to stand up when everyone else won't. It will end up putting your life in God's hands and out of your own and, uh, you know, uh, don't, just don't be deceived by people who are attempting to use the Word of God to justify some goal or personal gain or uh, some defense or some advance. The, verse 13 says, Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from Jesus, you know, uh, for a more opportune time, uh, for a season. You know, we will continue, the devil continues to look for more opportune moments in our life. So we must be on guard all the time and we must have the Holy Spirit in us all the time lest we even be deceived or led astray or off the course by something that sounds well-meaning and magnificent and was said at some point by someone um, you know, on behalf of God. Now I've said all of this to prove by the example of Jesus that God gave His Word 
for us to use as a lamp, as a light, as a sword, as a defense against temptation, for comfort, for wisdom, for direction, for hope. You know, God gave us his word for us to use. You know, it is our swords, our lamp, it's our light, it's our, it's our strong tower. And the Holy Spirit will inspire us with words from God that have been written by others. It doesn't mean that we can go through the Bible cherry-picking words because we're looking for some advantage, some gain, because we're looking for some personal advance or, or to justify some sin in our life. That is not the way that God's Word works. In fact, it won't work that way. If anything, handling the Word of God with that kind of disrespect or that kind of personal, you know, ad, um, um, selfish um, advantage will land you in hot water with God. But the Holy Spirit will inspire verses from the Bible, and we should, uh, you know, have our heart open and be listening to the Holy Spirit constantly, especially when we're in times of pressure, times of decision, times of temptation, times of defense, times of trauma, times of trial. We should go to the Word of God and pray that God will illuminate to us something from the Word so that it will jump off that page and into our heart. We should fill our, our, our environment with songs from the Word of God hoping that God will inspire uh, something that was written to bring uh, you know, defense to our moment and guard us from the enemy and from the wiles of the devil and to, to put to flight the, the, the armies of hell against us. And indeed, he will. The Holy Spirit will speak to us in every situation. There, uh, you know, there should be a rock on which we can stand and we can believe. Even in times when we don't understand, God's word should be understanding us. There is that rock, and that rock is the word of God. It's a solid foundation. The word will promote God's will, not your own. The Word will justify forgiveness, not sin. It will justify repentance, not continuance. It will justify love and not hate. The fruits of the Spirit should be evident in our lives. And we should not give ourselves excuses because somebody else in the Bible did something otherwise. Because the Bible only tells one story. It's a story of love and redemption and forgiveness. And if the Word of God is not speaking to you about love and forgiveness and repentance, if you feel the Word of God is ever speaking to you about judgmentalism and criticism, and, and, you know, then you're listening to the wrong voice. doesn't matter how many scriptures you got written down on that page. You're listening to the wrong voice. Because the Word of God tells one story. It's a story of love and forgiveness. It's a story of, of caring about others and kindness. It's a story about grace and mercy. It's a story about the redemption. It's a story about a wonderful God that has a plan for our lives. And it's a story about getting our lives right with Him and praying for others to do the same. We often experience in the church a preacher saying that I have a word from God today. You know why? Because he does. A word from God for you. 
because he does. And it may come out of one phrase of one scripture, just like it did with Jesus. But you listen to it, making sure that you're as noble as a Berean, that you're not being deceived or manipulated, but that you're, you're interpreting scripture with scripture so that you can understand the good will of God toward men. Uh, this coming week, it's my hope to use this foundation to share and continue to sharing this word that God gave us out of Habakkuk on Sunday, that he's going to do something in our day, that if he were to you know, uh, tell us about now, it would be very, very difficult for us to imagine. Habakkuk 1.5 is what we talked about on Sunday. But uh, next week I plan to continue with that prophecy by turning to a scripture whereby the writer of Hebrews refers to this one portion in Habakkuk, Habakkuk 2, verses 3 and 4. The writer in Hebrews refers back to that without referring to all the other things that are ongoing he refers to this one thing that in a little while, he who is waiting, he will get here. He will be here. And that we need to make sure we're doing some things. Specifically, this next week, and, and, and I'm closing with this, this next week we're going to be talking about Hebrews 10, verse 36. Go ahead and study it up one side and down the other, and I'll be sharing with that, uh, that with you as the, as, as the Word says this, For you have need of endurance. So that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. This is tied in to Habakkuk, undeniably by any scholarly approach. And it was a word for that day, and it's a word for our day. You have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Because this year, we're going to see some promises being received by God's children. Watch and see. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for another relevant word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.